Hello, everybody. This is Wrestling with Friends, the podcast where three lifelong friends discuss wrestling, the events in the ring we love, and the business behind it. We talk about what beers and booze and whatever else we're drinking and consuming, and usually celebrate the fun of attending wrestling events, or at least we used to. Ethan, Sean, and I became friends about 25 years ago in the 1990s. Watching pro wrestling has always been a big part of our friendships. We watch and follow now in varying degrees. So this is our chance to catch up, reminisce about this form of entertainment that we love, and celebrate wrestling culture and complain about its shortcomings, apparently, recently. I'm Dave. I'm from Long Beach. I'm here in Long Beach, Long Island. Um, with us here is also is Sean D. Pasquale, our man in Los Angeles, California. Shawnee D., how's it going this week? I love your intros are my favorite part of this podcast consistently. And I like to let the music die down long before you're done making, <laughs> like you're singing along to music that's not playing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a delight. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm brought joy every week by these recordings. So uh, well, I'm good. Although someone is. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, though I, it is like another semi bummer week because it's like, there's a yeah. lot of uh, there's a lot of um, like pain being dug up in the world of wrestling right now, and uh, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch uh, to he- like to hear about like people's like victim stories, but it's also like hard to watch like people's like lives go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's it's shitty. It's, it's shitty without a doubt, and we are going to definitely delve into that um, <laughs> a lot because that yeah. is the you know the big thing that and worth talking about for sure right now. Um, Ethan is our legal expert. He's a lawyer specializing in intellectual property and social media law. Ethan, last time we spoke to you, you were a regular old SLC punk as you were posted up in Salt Lake City. Where can we find you today? Yeah, man. I'm here in the Great Salt Lake, just chilling, putting my feet up in the beach, loving uh, the Mormon life here in Utah. Now you're inside (laughs) of a lake right now presently is what you're saying. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, not, I'm not submerged in it, but you know, I'm partially there. I got my yeah. toe dipped in the water. It's a salty, salty. lake. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And this week we have a, f- a first for the show. It's our first guest. You may, yeah. Know him. Yeah. you may know him as the host of the bunny ears podcast with Macaulay Culkin, or even as Randy Orton's buddy in the movie Changeland. <laughs> I was waiting for what the second one was going to be. That's not what I expected. It's, it's screenwriter and podcaster Matt Cohen. Matt, thanks for joining us. How you doing, man? What's up, screaming Dave Kushner? How's it going, man? <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> wow, bro. This has been a ride of, 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 of seeing your waveform compared to ours is insane. It's like Andre the Giant versus uh, 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 
Torito, uh, Hornswoggle, and Max M- Moon, or whatever his name was. That's, That's how it is when I stand next to Dave Kushner <laughs> in real life. He is very tall compared to yeah. for a, especially for a Jew. You know, guys, speaking of wrestling and tall Jews, as a kid, were you guys – I was a WWF guy exclusively. Like, I didn't – I would – I guess I would switch over during commercials in the Monday Night War, and I played the WCW video game, so I was aware of who people were. That's what I did. Uh, yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I always had a soft spot for Goldberg because I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't know they made Jews like that. And he was always a hero of mine. And then in the last two years, I found out that he was adopted. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, he was adopted? <laughs> he's, not, he's, not, he's not genetically Jewish, no. Oh, he's Jewish. He's like me. <laughs> you know, I think though that he was bar mitzvahed. You know, oh, he's definitely no. He's definitely bar. He's one hundred percent a Jew, a practicing Jew, even. <laughs> except we don't. We still don't come in that size, typically. Right, right, right. No, no. Those those trapezius muscles are not normally found on us, except for Ethan. I like that we had to bring Matt Cohen in for this episode and as like our he's like Matt you're going to act tonight as like our uh, HR sensitivity coach to make sure that we don't say anything that we shouldn't say. Sure. Uh yeah. absolutely. You, I'm, I'm, you're pretty good, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at that typically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're going to be here just to make sure that like things stay on the level. <laughs> so yeah, I like sure, wrestling. Sure. I like wrestling. I like wrestlers. Uh let's talk about wrestling. Uh, That's awesome. And yeah. <laughs> Hell that's my, yeah. That's, that's, that's my street cred, guys. He likes wrestling. You heard it here. Well, um, and also he 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 was Randy Orton's pal in a movie one time. So he was. there's that. Uh, he was. No, I'll give you uh I um I'll give you the wrestling cred. I um I produced uh a, a internet short film called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, uh written and directed by famous rapist Max Landis, featuring <laughs> Uh, rapist Joey Ryan, so I'm really super stoked to talk about that. Um, <laughs> fuck me! Oh my god, you guys! I, I swear to God, you're a producer on that. <laughs> I tried. I looked into YouTube last night. I was like, "Can I hack his account to delete it?" Like, I'm so whatever. I don't want to get into it right now. Um, and then, um, yeah, I podcast a bunch and I talk to wrestlers. I've also um, developed some stuff for WWE that never happened. Um, and I go to a lot of wrestling shows and. Yeah, I like wrestling. Yeah, yeah and I, I was at, and I was front row when Draws got paralyzed. Ooh, ooh, that's not that's and not Nassau Coliseum. We they were don't sell, at, they don't sell a T-shirt for that one. I was there for that. We were yeah. at uh, the last uh, show that Owen Hart wrestled at before the, last you, were the show. you were at the Go Home Raw. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. Does that make sense? We're, they went from Florida to, to Kansas. Was it Kansas City or Missouri? It was, it was a weird thing. It wasn't a live Raw. They recorded it on like a Wednesday a couple weeks before, but they showed it. It was the last Raw that was on. And oh, you can wow. find it on the WWE Network. Me, uh, Sean, Sean, Ethan, and I. Is that true? Scammed our way. Yeah, yeah. We're in the top front row. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're we're right on the uh, on the uh, entrance aisle. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I. Definitely flirted with uh, Kurt Angle's wife that evening. She's now Jeff mm-hmm. Jarrett's wife. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> no, it wasn't meant to yeah, last. She could, she could have been yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my live wrestling history is my, I, I got into wrestling in like 97 um, and I got super into it. And then um, my first wrestling show ever for my birthday is my dad bought me and three friends. We got front row tickets for SmackDown and not only did Draws get paralyzed, but there were like 30 million fights in the crowd and people like spilled beer all over me. And it was like a fairly traumatizing experience. Big Boss Man spit on me. 
<laughs> I had a sign that said Cohen 316. It was neon green with black electric tape. And uh, for the first 10 minutes of that SmackDown, all you see is Cohen 316. And at a certain point, security came over to ask me to take it away. And my dad accused them of being anti-Semitic. <laughs> Um, they so, they were, really freaked, so they got really freaked out and they were like, look, as long as you, you can, it's just the yellow. You can write whatever you want on the backside of the sign. We'll even bring you a Sharpie. And I was like 13 and I'll admit this sounds shitty in retrospect, but I wrote, uh, China is my dad. I was one of the China is my dad dudes. So, so the raw that we're discussing that we went to, I brought up a sign. And again, I, we were like 16. I brought up a sign and I got on the Titan Tron because it was the attitude era with the sign. Like they were like, let's focus on this guy and showed internally. And my sign said, personally, Mr. Ass, I'm a vagina man. Oh boy. Yours is worse than my China one. Okay, I don't. I don't feel bad anymore for China. Who's my I dad? Mean, I mean, it wasn't like it was just like I'm not into of any gender. It wasn't like a gender. It wasn't like it's just I'm just like it's a vagina. No, <laughs> hey, right. man, just, you can justify it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Uh, so, is anybody drinking tonight? Because I clearly am. All right. Well, I'm alone uh, drinking. I am smoking weed. If that makes you feel better. You yeah, me too. I'm also smoking. smoking nicotine, and I also am on antibiotics. Smoking yeah, weed does make me feel better. Well, uh, well, well, this is great to know. So, because Matt, because as I know you <laughs> as a podcaster, and I know you as the guy who looks great in sleeveless t-shirts. I mean, I've never shared that with you, but I felt that way. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I didn't know you that well as a wrestling fan before, you know. So it's great to hear that those are your first events and things like that. And that was my last event for. Let's do the math. Almost like fifteen years, probably. And I also stopped watching wrestling entirely for almost like fifteen years. I mean, I think that goes with being a wrestling fan. I think we yeah. all have those phases. It's like so it I think like- I stopped in in ninety. I even stopped a little early. I stopped. I stopped after the um the radicals came in. So I wasn't. I didn't uh, see the. Inv- I didn't even see the invasion. I didn't see the brand split. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was out, guys. And then I came back in. <clears throat> Jesus, like, probably like. After Big Boss Man died. <laughs> no, we were back. Uh, you were like, he oh. was ready. Yeah, you're like, he's finally <laughs> dead. I can return. <laughs> no, I came back. I came back in like probably like 2011 or something or 12 with like Punk and like Ryback and like that whole world. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I it was a legendary – my two, my two go-tos are Punk and Ryback. I was going to say it was a legendary promo that brought a lot of people back when Ryback came out and said, I'm Ryback. No, no, see a Punk. Nothing specifically brought me back. I had a friend who was watching and I like watched a couple Raws and I was like, eh, I can get back into this, I guess, a little bit. I was like, wrestling's still silly and I still knew enough people. Like I never, I, I I was familiar with who John Cena was ish kind of, but I like I'd really blacked out that entire um, span of wrestling, and then after a few years of being back into WWE um, and enjoying that, what really really triggered me hardcore was was, was um, going to a PWG show, and then from that I like I I went obsessive, so like. I I had that 15-year-old gap, but that gap is now completed. And also, I went back 30 years. So, like, I now know everything about wrestling. Over and indie wrestling and Japanese wrestling and territory wrestling. And I listen to, like, exclusively wrestling podcasts. And, like, 
You know what I mean? So I'm oddly enough, I don't watch any wrestling right now and haven't probably since like December. Because well, I don't think Ethan and I are not watching that much current wrestling. I, I got back into it. I've been watching more AEW than WWE. Like uh, I'm, I'm now watching New Japan again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new, the new, and uh, the J Cup just started up a few weeks ago. So like, I'm stoked for that. Like, and I'd, I'd say my second go round was a unique position too, because at the same time I got into wrestling. Oddly enough, just through mutual friends and through work, I started meeting and becoming friends with a bunch of wrestlers. So like, it it was all one. It was all kind of part and parcel. Like my wrestling life was just kind of you know what I mean. Like I. Yeah, you and got again, into it. You started stalking a bunch of wrestlers. Yeah, I totally. I, I am a yeah. naturally one hundred percent. So the first time I met any wrestlers was weirdly enough, like right as soon as I got into wrestling, I was writing for Nerdist, and one day I got a call, and they were like, "Hey, we're doing this bowling thing against a bunch of WWE guys, and we need someone who's into wrestling." And we don't. We obviously they they went a long way down the line. If I was the guy, they fucking came up with. <laughs> so it was me, Ron Funches, and uh, Matt and Chris from Nerdist versus CM Punk, Kofi Kingston, Fandango, and AJ Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and there's you can watch the video on YouTube. It's online. Yeah. I, um, at one point, AJ uh, CM Punk gives AJ a piggyback ride, and I'm like, "Well, that's not fair." And he goes, "Why? You want one?" I go, "No, you." And he goes, "All right." And he hops on my back. And guys, I was able to ma- give CM Punk yeah. a piggyback ride. It's true. So much so he goes, "Oh, he's strong," <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think he was expecting. Probably. Um, uh, I how was not going how, how does junk feel on the back of your neck? Asking for a friend. <laughs> um, like he was definitely wearing like weird CM Punk gym shorts. I was too in the moment. I wasn't thinking about it. There were cameras on me and stuff. <laughs> it's like you know when a pilot's flying. They're like they're not checking out the clouds. They're just in it. Did yeah. that end up on? Did that end up on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. It's got like millions. Of views. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have <laughs> zero lines in the entire thing. They never let me like like it's. I'm just a dude that bowls randomly and gives CM Punk a piggyback ride. Um, so you have provided me with actually an amazing transition because go for it. I was at um, an NXT takeover at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and oh. through a friend with a hookup, I had some some six seats. And I found myself next to Ron Funches. Now, I did not recognize Ron Funches because it was during the period where he had lost a lot of, like, right when he yeah. lost a lot of weight. Sure, so sure. Didn't recognize him. But all I knew was, like, I'm sitting there. This guy comes past me. And I know when someone's wearing the good Snoop Dogg cologne, a.k.a. they smell like they just smoked some good weed. And this guy comes by me. I go, hey, man, I like your shirt. And you smell great. And he said, well... I think we just became friends. <laughs> no, no, the continuous oh. through it. Uh, we were cracking each other up, you know, as we do as a couple of hilarious guys. <laughs> we'll do. Um, so I would like to say, because my transition is actually, you've met a lot of people. I ask you to ask Ron Funches to be on this show. <laughs> no, 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 nothing that. It's nothing like that. It's way weirder, way weirder, way weirder, than, way weirder than that. Great. Um, <laughs> Um, no, but you've met some of the biggest stars in the industry, like Chris Jericho, Cody, Kenny Omega. Um, like I saw you doing thumb wrestling refereeing for Adam Cole, Paul Heyman, Aleister Black. Um, who, out of all the wrestling stars you've met, 
Can we take guesses who smells the best? I'm going to name some people and you're going <laughs> to, if they smoke weed or not. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, or I guess if I'll I know, just, if I know, okay. I'll just roll that back. So Chris Jericho, I think that's a no. He said in his book. The hell no. Yeah, yeah. That guy, that guy likes to just bubble. Yeah, yeah. The bubble <laughs> <laughs> um, Cody. No clue. I don't think so. Cody strikes me as like a, a yeah. real clean yes, kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Especially I with that. I can't imagine. Kenny Omega, yeah, really? he's, he's a he's no straight way. edge. He's straight, straight edge. Yeah, he's straight yeah. edge. Yeah. Teetotaler. Yeah, yeah. Ethan, uh, Ethan. Adam Cole seems cool. Wait, hold on. Ethan, what were you going to say about uh, about Cody? No, I mean, I don't know. After he got that neck tattoo, I feel like he's experimenting a bit. I don't know. <laughs> he's experimenting with terrible tattoos. <laughs> the neck I mean, tattoo makes him... You, you, you really think he got that tattoo, Stone Cold Sober? How? I mean, he might have been drunk as shit. Who knows? I mean, Brandy does that taste of brandy thing. So, like, I don't think they, I don't, think they don't drink. I just, I don't think... He doesn't strike me as a stoner. I think that that neck tattoo makes him look like a meth head and not a pothead. Yeah, thank you. It makes him look like a bad guy from Far Cry 3 or whatever. <laughs> that was a very specific joke, but it was very good. Thank you. So Adam Cole seems cool, right? I don't know, I don't know if Cole smokes pot, honestly. Paul Heyman. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he probably does. I would say he cool. probably has in his life. Yeah. For sure. Alistair Black. I mean, he's from fucking Amsterdam. Yeah, it's, but that actually, they like don't do it really. When you go to Amsterdam, all the Dutch are like, we look down on this, but please give us your money, right? That's how Dutch people sound, by the way. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, you mentioned AJ Lee. I know CM Punk doesn't. He's not chill at all. Nah, man, and I, I, I'll give you one more CM Punk anecdote, and then we can move off this this subject and talk about what you guys want to talk about. But, yes. Um, uh, when Punk was there for bowling, and again, I was a big fan, and I was like, oh, man, this is my chance to become friends with CM Punk or whatever. Or just, like, be cool at least, right? And yeah, he sure. was like, at the end of the day, he went, hey, man, is there anything, like, fun to do around L.A. this weekend? And I went, oh, I don't know, man. I'll be honest. Like, me and my friends just, like, smoke pot, and I know you're not into that. He went, <laughs> he went, he went, hey, you'd be surprised who I'm friends with. And I went, oh, no, I could have invited him to hang out. <laughs> no, I mean, he's friends. yeah. Hey, frankly, he doesn't get, I don't think straight edge people don't, aren't friends with, I've never known any straight edge people, but are they, do they not like people who smoke pot? It varies. Not the cool ones. Yeah, it varies. I, like, there's a lot, like, I I have friends that are sober friends who hang out with me while, like, with our stoner friends, you know? Yeah, and I have straight edge friends that will do it, but I also have, I have sober friends that won't and feel uncomfortable, and I have straight edge friends that Same way. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's just like, teach his own you know right. some people get so into it and decide that that means they can judge everybody else and some people are just like all right well I'm, I, um this is a reoccurring feature it's called trademark wars trademark wars copyright what is happening how many of you into this show? Trademark Wars. This is eight. This is eight. Okay. So, the so, other show. So, Ethan Wall, our intellectual property lawyer. It's a great uh, segue, by the way. Yeah. So smooth. I've got a question for you. So, AEW has been teasing a version of the Four Horsemen a lot recently. Um, Tully Blanchard recently gave Sean Spears a miner's glove, a la Barry Windham back in the day. 
Art Anderson and Tully were both scouting FTR on last week's Dynamite. Cody's been throwing up more fours than I did at that birthday party where we found original formula for Loco. Uh, <laughs> so as an intellectual property lawyer and wrestling fan, how much can they get away with? Like with this, is it possible that like four horsemen lapsed due to disuse like Bash at the Beach did? Um, can they call them just, just horsemen? Like horsemen, like that's a thing. That's like a common thing. The four, like how far can they go before WWE's lawyers layeth the smacketh down? Yeah, well, look at this. We all know that WWE's biggest value is protecting their intellectual property, right? And the Four Horsemen is one of the biggest names in the history of wrestling. So WWE must have owned a trademark at some point for the Four Horsemen, right? I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, well, you'd yeah. be wrong because those idiots didn't do it. That was one of now, my first proposed. Okay, so well, that, was in, that was kind of in my question. <laughs> okay, so first of all, why? Why wouldn't they trademark the Four Horsemen? So from a from a legal standpoint, you can't protect what's called an ornamental use. So if I came up with like, I don't know, the company Abercrombie & Fitch, and I wrote Abercrombie & Fitch on the front of my shirt, that's not a trademark use. But if I put Abercrombie & Fitch on the tag of the shirt itself, I can trademark it. So just from a a name standpoint, you have to use the name as a trademark in some form or another. But either A, WCW and NWA never did it. B, the WWE never did it. So from a trademark standpoint, AEW may be able to file a trademark. But did you know that someone did file a trademark for the Four Horsemen in March of this year? And it was a gentleman by the name of – I don't know. I did my homework here. This is homework uh, this week. Yeah, yeah, I did. Conrad Thompson. Does that name Are ring a bell? Are you fucking kidding Are me? Are you fucking kidding me? Whoa. Wow. That's, the, that's, the, that's the carniest fucking shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Ric Flair's son-in-law. I mean, that's a scoop. I don't know if I've read that anywhere. That something to wrestle with. Conrad Thompson, the godfather of wrestling podcast, uh, snatched up four horsemen. Wow. Well, No. So he tried, he tried to. Yep. So he applied for a trademark over two different things. First, I haven't read that with, reported, and I read everything. Did you look if, up? If, the, did you look up the 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 submitted patent? Yeah, I looked it up. Apparently, Conrad Thompson himself didn't file it. He used a company called Toto something. Um, oh, Toot no Toot Toot LLC. But if you look at the owner of Toot Toot LLC, it goes back to Conrad Thompson. He filed a trademark over two different types of goods and services. One, hooded sweatshirts, shirts, athletic shirts, sports shirts, and t-shirts. And two, entertainment services, namely wrestling exhibits performed by a professional wrestler and entertainer. But he did not get a trademark. And the question is, why? Who else has a trademark out there that would stop Toot Toot LLC slash Conrad from getting it? And who is it? Oh, you guessed it. Yeah, the University of Notre Dame. What? The University of Notre Dame has had a best episode of Lost I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) They have a trademark for four horsemen in connection with seven different types of goods and services. One of them is clothing. So he didn't get rejected for the entertainment services. He got rejected for clothing. And when you get rejected for a trademark, you have a six-month period of time 
to file an opposition or a response. And he could have just said, I'll drop it for clothing. I'll move forward with wrestling. But he didn't meet the deadline. His application then became abandoned, and therefore it's dead. And Four Horsemen is pretty much open for someone else to go in there and file. You but guys, remember, we should get Four Horsemen. <laughs> literally, someone Venmo me $225, and we can get that tonight. Is that, is that yeah. how much it costs? I'm counting yeah. us. There's four of us on this call right Wait, now. are you serious? Is, is that what it costs? Are you being serious? Well, that's how much it costs to to file it with the trademark. Do you office. know if anyone has filed since Conrad? Like, can you see if there's a current <laughs> AEW? <laughs> yeah, I, in wrestling parlance. I want to say, holy shit, holy shit! You guys, can we can we buy the can we buy the the trademark of the Four Horsemen right now? Because if we can, we can scrounge that up between the four of us. Yeah, I mean, totally. I'll cover it. I can cover it. <laughs> that's cool. Then you gotta then you gotta pay my fifteen hundred dollar legal fee. But we'll just talk about that later. No, you let's think realistically though we can't get the clothing trademark clearly right because um, notre dame has that right what are we going to do put on wrestling shows so let's think of something we can make money on or is the idea that we just buy it and then hold it for hostage from aew yeah here's here's a legal trick not a legal trick but here's what the law allows you to do all right the law is a sandbox we're gonna squat on it <laughs> you could squat on it for about two and a half years. How it Without works usage. Wow. Yeah, you have to have we have to have a good faith intent to use it at some time in the future. Sure. You get like three or four six month renewals after the initial <laughs> uh, six month period of time. You gotta pay like two hundred bucks to the trademark office to get it. But you asked me, I think I think it was Matt asked me, did someone from AEW file a trademark since that period of time? And the answer is yes. Yep. And that person was one of the original members of the Four Horsemen, Dave. Arn Anderson. Yep. Double cool. A! Double wow. A, the enforcer! Guys, do you want me to bring it all what? around? Do you want me to bring it all around? Who is, yeah. Who, yeah. is the, who is the co-host of Arn Anderson's podcast? Conrad fucking Thompson. There you go. Mm. All the red dots connect. It's a conspiracy. Almost. Almost. Because what was the name of the trademark that Arn Anderson Applied for? I don't know. Four Horsemen? Arn Anderson. Arn hmm. Anderson, oh, whose real name is Marty Lundy, yeah. trademarked yeah. the name Arn Anderson in connection with entertainment services, uh, namely sense. live appearances by a professional wrestler. He filed it on March 9th. It was published for opposition. Literally, it will be published in two days. We published on June 25th. Yeah. So by the time this goes live, basically. Yeah. So by the time time some will have a baby named Arn Anderson. (laughs) Yeah. Someone will have 30 days to file an objection to the trademark. No one files an objection within those 30 days. Then 45 days thereafter, Arn Anderson will likely own the name Arn Anderson for purposes of a trademark. Okay, so this is a real this- question for you guys. Like, so like, think about it like this, and this is something I, I, you guys should do as a show. So like, WWE, think of all of the wrestlers, the past wrestlers, and also the dead wrestlers, that they definitely never trademark their name, right? You guys can get the copyright for SD Jones. <laughs> Special delivery. <laughs> You guys can get special delivery Jones's copyright. I guarantee you they don't have that and they're not protecting it. What? You think they want special delivery? Well, actually, on that note, which really- You think they're paying to keep the special delivery Jones trademark? You should be the podcast that owns the name special delivery Jones. We could put it on shirts. Uh, Jake Roberts 
the snake you may know yes yes um he was like i i listened to this one podcast where he said he looked into his trademark and that the fucking honky tonk man was trying to (laughs) his and like a bunch of other people and like oh that piece of shit yeah he's like what a big bad move I was like, fucking the hockey wow. talk man in addition guys, to the greatest intercontinental champion ever is also an ip squatter the three worst scariest just bad people in wrestling history new jack honky tonk and ultimate fucking warrior oh no joey ryan now so four i mean that's scary. joey ryan's scary on another level arn anderson owns arn anderson and then the four horsemen ethan you're saying is still up it's potentially up for grabs it's potentially up for grabs kind of just how it works is as follows the first person to file a trademark and get it um, has a trademark registration. You have priority. But then there is a five-year period of time before your mark <laughs> becomes incontestable, meaning people can challenge it for certain reasons within those five-year period. After five years, you can only challenge it for fraud or if the mark becomes generic. But other than that, during those first five years, someone can claim they were using Four Horsemen first and file a legal action to cancel your trademark. So, so technically, you could potentially get it and then deal with the lawsuit later. So so, Sick. so, so Sick. AEW, in theory, could just start using it whatever they want, right? Like, they can just introduce a group of four people and call them the Four Horsemen. And, like, until they get into a pr- pr- place where they're starting to, like, print it on T-shirts and stuff, in theory, they could just use it for a while on TV. In and theory, then file, so, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, you got a couple things to think about. The answer is probably yes. They probably could start mm-hmm. using it. But here's the deal. Even though WWE doesn't have a federally registered trademark, one, you have what's called common law trademark rights, meaning despite the fact that you haven't filed it, you potentially could go after somebody. But there's another law called unfair competition. That's the one that, if anything, I think might play there, which is, yeah, we don't have something, but you clearly knew about it and you stole it. But because AEW is doing this out in the open and on TV, and there's no objection to it. I don't think that they're going to be able to stop them. And because Arn Anderson was one of the original users of the Four Horsemen, and it doesn't look like any of that IP was transferred over, as far as I know, um, they may have some sort of claim that Arn Anderson and others have the, the right to use it before WWE had it. And if Arn himself has some sort of IP in it, and there was a transfer of assets between WCW and WWE that did not include what Arn Anderson owned, he may still have a legal right to be able to use it as the prior or senior user of the Four Horsemen. And that may be one of the reasons that they're heading in that direction in the first place because they feel like they've got a good legal footing. Let me ask one dumb question to sum this all up. That was amazing, dude. Um, Who gives a fuck? (laughs) We do. We do. I want to know if AEW is going to have the fucking Four Horsemen. But they're not going to have the Four Horsemen. So, so like, fucking... It's gonna be well, it's gonna be Sean Spears, Cody, and FTR. Now, maybe if you know the history of the Four Horsemen, they're known for fucking over the Rhodeses. So I'm not ruling out the possibility that like Cody thinks he's gonna be in it, and then they all fucking turn on him, and it's MJF or some shit. But I guess. But like they're definitely if you, I mean, uh, they're I definitely uh, doing a lot of foreshadowing 
for the for horsemen. No, no, no. I get that. I'm, now I'm speaking. Now I'm speaking. Now we're, now we switched over. Now it's my segment, motherfucker. Um, no, here's my point about the four horsemen. I understand that AEW is going to do the four horsemen. My point is, I don't see how that helps that 18 to 39 demographic that doesn't give a fuck about the four horsemen. None of us watched fucking NWA. None of us even watched WCW. Would you care if WWE started a stable called DX right now and put in like fucking Alistair Black and and Apollo Crews and name a random ass tag team? Uh, well, that's uh, Street Profits. That's the new DX. Are you excited? It's just a name. I mean, so, I'm a fucking total that's... mark. I'm a total mark for fucking. Uh, I'm sorry, Ethan. Uh, I'm a total mark for reviving factions. So if they did a new NWO, I would fucking love it. I mean, but it they, could be random. They ass. did. They did do a new NWO, and it sucked. I mean, that was they, that sucked for a lot of reasons. But that was more like <laughs> the, of the, of the first one. They tried it, didn't really, you know, whatever. Ethan, what do you? What? Yeah. What's your? What's your yeah. stance? So that's where Matt, you and I come from a slightly different generation okay. because you came, you came in as a WWE guy. I barely you watched all WCW. eras of wrestling, Matt. I'm not saying I'm unaware of the Four Horsemen. Yeah. I'm just saying I personally that to me only represents 80s Southern wrestling, which is not what AEW does with their skateboarders and their fucking dinosaurs and their ladies with the magic hats. Well, and I get, yes, and I get that Cody, Cody exists in a separate world. And I want to talk about AEW. Let's talk about wrestling before we get to the, the bad stuff. Cody yeah. on that show exists in a separate world from the rest of the show. And I'll admit, Cody's part of the show is the part I like the best, right? All of, remember, we were promised sports like wrestling, sports like feel, and then we got AEW, right? I get it. I'm not Dude. a complainer. It's not my favorite. I'm being honest. It's not my favorite thing in the world. That's why I'm a New Japan fan. I find AEW to be ROH with better production value. And and that's not even a slight against And that's not a slight against ROH because ROH had incredible wrestlers. And I think AEW has an incredible talent roster. I just think the whole promise of like, oh, we're gonna keep trapping keeping track of score and it's we're gonna treat it like a sport. And then they do the silliest shit that's their their comedy is worse than WWE comedy, so I like mean, it's hard for me yeah. to care about the Four Horsemen on a show where the match before is preceded by fucking Marco Stunt versus uh, Orange Cassidy. Dude, first of all, Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy rules. He rules. And Marco, I'm not gonna be one of these podcasts. I'm not gonna shit on Marco Stunt and your boy. Why do you love Marco Stunt? Oh, I think I that's great. Look, I, think I love Luchasaurus. I think that's what wrestling is made up is the variety. It's the suspension of disbelief. But sports, sports, we were sold a false bill of we sales is all I'm saying. We weren't sold that. That was like a rumor. Like I, that was like. What are you talking about? I watched every pre-show, a, every AEW yeah. scrum. That's all they talked about. Me and Sean watched and the first eight fair, episodes together. Yes. And we talked a bunch about like they, they, they heavily advertised it as like, this is what it will be. And we, we Matt and I definitely had conversations about like, wow, it's cool that they're, that they're going to try to do something to set themselves it's apart. It's WWE light WWE. guys. Lucha underground is still the only wrestling program like it, that has ever tried anything different. You know what? Actually, this is very interesting. This is a very interesting. And I'm not saying I hate AEW because I like a lot of the matches and I like a lot of the roster. But to me, it is it is just WWE light. They're doing WWE stuff. I, I'm, not a B, I'm not a BTE guy. I'm not like – I was at all in. I, I, I was fans of all those guys when I watched them wrestle in the indies. I wasn't part of the – I'm not part of the like us versus them thing or 
AEW or NXT, because I'll be honest, I think the NXT product is the best American wrestling product on TV. I mean, it's a very interesting conversation, and it's very funny because every week I criticize AEW, and these guys go, who cares? They're second place. They're not the main event, and whatever. Yeah, but you so criticized I- them for you, – you were like, you were like, it's not fair that people are pointing out that WWE is going back to work during coronavirus and not AEW. And we were like, yeah, because I mean, no one even knows who AEW is, so no one is going to point out what they're doing. AEW <laughs> is under almost under 650,000 viewers a week now. Like, Yeah, I mean, AEW could murder someone on tv and like, <laughs> like less than a million people would witness that this way, i wasn't aware of any of the jimmy havoc stuff till a couple days ago this is your transition and well, again I, I have friends on AEW. it's just it, it like you can't compare the two and i think the the biggest bummer to me and again i wish AEW nothing but success and i hope it gets better and better progressively but when me i started watching and sean started watching i was so fucking excited for sean because i was like oh my god here's a chance for him to get into wrestling in a way that he never has before. And then when I saw the product, I was like, oh, this is only going to attract lapsed fans. No non-wrestling fans are going to like like AEW. I, no, I, it's definitely a value. And you can tell in the numbers. That's the number right well, there. Well, that's what happened. I mean, and that is what happened is that I – Lucha because, Underground like, I, was drawing non-wrestling fans. Sure, it had terrible Yeah, ratings. but I hated Lucha. I hated oh, I Lucha Underground it. too. I loved it. I fucking hated Lucha But I'm just saying the Four Horsemen, are, it means a lot to a lot of people. Now, well, I guess – Yeah. But, but, they're not the, but it's well, not the Ethan, Ethan, what were you saying? Though. I'm sorry, Ethan, yeah, what were you saying? All right. So a few things. First of all, this conversation is exactly why Wrestling with Friends should exist. Four people, all who enjoy and like wrestling for completely different eras and completely different reasons. While Matt came in here as a WWE guy, I was a WCW guy. I I grew up watching NWA, (laughs) WCW, Sting, Vader, Cactus Jack, and the Four Horsemen was the biggest faction in wrestling for me. Watching Sting become a member of the Four Horsemen immediately turned on the next month. Like watching Steve Mongo <laughs> McMichaels, the best in ring performer of all time, a member of the Four Horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> like, for, for me, he did. He did a. He did have a right. cute. He did have a cute dog. He very, very <laughs> much like being cooked out of his gills in the ring and being terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a great pairing with Benoit for sure. I liked AEW when it came because I'm like, oh, this kind of has a WCW feel, and I agree with you. It's gotten away from that from the beginning. But here, here's the thing, and 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 here's also here's the thing though, and here's also your transition. the The fact is, is that. AEW was sold and should represent a sense of moving forward. And like the industry as a whole is trying to go through a massive shift that both encompasses what we talked about last week with like wrestling's troubling history with racism and like now leads into like this week and like the second part of this episode, which is to talk about like the horrible way that wrestling has treated women and like wrestlers in particular uh, have, have treated women and I think that as as wrestling as a whole is trying to move forward, maybe it is a good thing to let go of some of these old things that just, I mean, much in the way we talk about like getting rid of Confederate flags and tearing down statues to like old horrible men. It, it's like, it's like, why shouldn't we, why shouldn't we also re-examine some of these things and the people attached to them and just make new things? But I'll be honest, like, and, just, and to Sean's point. I wouldn't even want DX back because guess what? I was the world's biggest fucking DX mark in the world, guys. I had every T-shirt. I fucking 
every picture of me from 13 to 14 is doing sake <laughs> with my teachers, with Mickey Mouse at Disneyland, with my parents, <laughs> my grandparents, right? If I go back and watch old DX on the network, I want to throw up sometimes. How fucking repugnant and gross it is, dude. It's disgusting. No, they're, and it's, they're monsters. They they're, the, they're, they're fucking monsters. They talked, to, yeah. they talked about – there's one segment, on, and, and, and this leads exactly to what we're talking about. And I didn't catch it as a kid because none of us did because this is the world we grew up in. It's not just wrestling. It's every industry. There's a segment on a Raw. It's the Raw after um, Triple H – um, uh, drug Stephanie and knocks her out. Not oh, the yeah. wedding. Okay. And they're in the ring DX and they're laughing about, um, they go, Hey, is that a stain I see on her dress? Cause they have Stephanie's dress in the ring. Excuse me. Triple H brings Stephanie's dress from the video into the ring. And they're all like, woo. And, and road dog goes, is that a stain I see? And Xbox smells it. He goes, smells like bleach and oysters. And then uh, hey. they go, Billy, how about you? You get lucky last night. And he goes, yeah, you know that little blonde I was talking to? Let's just put it this way. I punctured her kidneys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean like, and 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 yeah, so if if you haven't figured it out yet, like we're we're definitely going to talk about uh the the DX promo uh, for an hour. Flood I mean no. the flood of the flood of very real I mean, aside from the fact that wrestling for the majority of its modern history has has used women as props and degraded them as entertainment. Like there has been a slew of wrestlers uh, just in this last week alone that have uh, been accused of some pretty hideous things. And watch uh, this, Sean. It goes back to the literal origins of female wrestling because fabulous fucking Moolah yeah. is basically a slave trader and a pimp. Yep. Yeah. No, yep. And yeah. So this week you had so first you had Jake Gallagher, uh, Jack Gallagher from NXT UK. Yeah, her. Not a gen- not, not a gentleman. It turned out, guys. No, very much <laughs> not a gentleman. Uh, and Jack. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I don't know, dude. It, dude he was up. he was accused of everything from like abuse to rape, and like the stories are truly, truly sickening. And like, there's been so many. It, David you know. Starr, Dave Lagana, who's like a VP of N- NWA. Jimmy Moore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. Like you mentioned earlier. Like there's like literally too many to even. I mean, and it, and it goes. Here's the thing, too, right? And it, and it runs the whole spectrum, like this, like these movements always do. And some of them are truly heinous, like the Gallagher's and the David Stars and the Joey Ryan's and the and 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 the ones where there's like concrete fucking proof, right? And then it runs to the like. Sammy Guevara, who made a fucking terrible – you can't even say it's a rape joke, who said he wanted to rape Sasha Banks on a podcast. Yep. I mean, it's and not a joke. Have, it was like a statement of what he wanted. It was a statement right? of like, terrible. he's so hot, I'd rape And it runs and, all the way down the line to like yeah. – Jim Cornette might be a swinger, but I'm – Holy but, shit. The Jim Cornette but, shit. But is that yep. people – is that one truly – is there any sexual abuse or do people hate Jim Cornette? And so so you really have to do look into the individual cases for each person, right? The Matt Riddle one is interesting because there's one person who accused him of the act. He, he said she choked him and forced him to have oral sex. He claims that the woman has been cyber-stalking him for years and that he, he informed WWE yeah. about that the second he got hired and that their legal team has already been prepared for this. So. Yeah. So all of them run, run the gamut. So it's interesting. It's just it's everyone's shadows are coming out of the closet. You know what I mean? From yeah. wrestlers to promoters. The Lagana thing is that he like put his finger in someone who was sleeping like 14 years ago. 
Yeah, which you know is I mean? very upsetting. I mean, the whole Lagana <laughs> thing is super creepy. It's like, oh, yeah, you can move out to L.A. and live with me. Oh, when you get here, my roommate doesn't know someone's going to live with me. And also, you don't have a room or a bed. You're going to sleep with me. So what, yeah, like, so what I think you're doing, I think, there's a magnifying, I think there's a magnifying glass right now on all kinds of abuse within a lot of industries, but specifically wrestling right now. Yeah. And, and I think it just and, – and I think you talk about like – this is an industry that had was 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 is the most macho fucking you can get, right? For the most part, the most male inclusive for the most part, right? Yep. Again, female like, women wrestling wasn't a thing until like 2016. Well, it's been a misogynist industry. It's been a racist, misogynist. Right. It's been an everything. Yes. Yeah. Like, 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 like let, let's call it what it is. Yeah. Like, it has been a misogynist at its core. Monster. Like, for years. Yeah. And, and, and over the last couple of years, since the Attitude Era, uh, you know, they have made, you know, uh, changes and adjustments as they've had to. Um, they've Ugh. never taken, like, the first step to try to make it better um they've always sort of like done it as like the rest of the world was already like four or five years ahead of them um but it's still the the the, but the but the problem and and like look the the front-facing entertainment side is its own separate unique problem but like the very real problem of like the culture behind the scenes it's it's all unacceptable like it's terrible AW, while progressive in many ways, they have they hired Sonny Kiss and, and they don't they, they you know other than some Jr. misgenderings, it's been okay. And they yeah, have, yeah. And they no. have um, Nyla Rose, right? But Nyla like Rose, she's you know what they don't have. You know what they don't have other than Scorpio Sky in the street and um and Private Party. Any fucking black people on their roster? Yeah, it's pretty. No, uh, pretty big swall, big right, swall. I mean, um, so you're you're naming it's. This is like naming your black friend. I mean, we, it's not, the fact that, I'm not AEW. To be clear, to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean, though. And it, what's no, unfortunate I mean, is very early on. I think after the first press conference, someone called them out on that, and Tony Khan was like, "We're absolutely looking at. That. We're actively scouting people on the rosters. If you know the names of black wrestlers, tell us. And we'll let them know." WWE for all its foibles has like at least recently the black people are their biggest stars. WWE has made it a priority to get all of the top female talent, all of the people of color that are talent, absolutely. and to all their Latinx performers. You're like, right. Yep, absolutely. Like they have, yeah, they're doing it because they have to not because of good intentions. But right. like, I, mean, I mean, I, I think that Stephanie McMahon is obviously the future of this company. And like yes. whatever you want to think of the McMahon's, and it's all valid, and, and it's all and, worth and it. And trips, and look, I have no problem with trips. I think I think he's probably an okay guy. Look, you never hear terrible stories about him. Sure, uh, he portrayed he did horrible thing. shit on TV. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. I agree. He's sober. He was a sober guy his whole life. He never partied. There's no stories of him fighting with people. There's no. Story. It goes back to an earlier conversation of he's at like a level two. Right, yeah. probably at base though. Like, like we're a level twos. He's probably at base a level four, you know. And I think that like the 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 real it's it and it goes. It's even like the other thing today was Jimmy Kimmel, right? Like got hit hard for like all the uh, multitude of blackface he's done over his career. And it's like, look, is Jimmy Kimmel now a better person and a good guy? Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know him personally, but like, sure, like he certainly has tried to. It seems like at least publicly portray yeah. that, right? But at the same time, like, 
I knew not to dress up as a black person when Jimmy Kimmel was doing it. And I was, I'm fucking 40, at least 25 years younger than Jimmy Kimmel. So it could be a generation. Like, look, there's no, and there's it's like, no it's, excuse, right? well, what it ultimately is, it's not even a generational. Cause that's like an excuse. What it ultimately is, is it's that he didn't think about it and he didn't, he didn't think that it would be offensive. And so because he didn't think it, it wasn't. And it's like, it's not about what you think. It's about what is or isn't. And like, it is offensive. Like if there is even one person in the world that you can think of who would be offended by a thing again, though, that like is universally already an offensive thing, maybe don't do this. But to thing. be fair, to be fair, th this is a separate, this is a very valid discussion, but a separate one. And yes, like, it's no, no one says wrestling has to be unoffensive. Not everything has to be unoffensive. Sure. But, but I think that like, there's a line between unoffensive and racist or unoffensive and putting a woman it's, on a leash. It's great that wrestling is evolving. It's so yes, great. It, it evolved with the line is what yeah. I'm saying though. Yeah. I can't condemn yeah. attitude error. I don't want to watch attitude error wrestling. And if they put it on today, I would say it's disgusting, but like yeah. we can't hate ourselves or the performers or the writers for doing what they thought was okay at the time. No, I, I, I look again. As long I, as they I learn and grow. Right. I, I agree yes, with that. I agree yes. with that. And, and, honest, and I think honest, Jimmy Kimmel seems like he has learned and grown. That guy well, is very charitable and, and all that see, kind of stuff. Right. But I think it, in that regard, so I would say that it also comes down to the apology and the way that someone conducts themselves. Sure. After speaking the of fact, Joey Ryan. Right? Yeah. So, and, and I think, and also Kimmel to a degree, because ultimately I didn't, I didn't see any of this Kimmel Kim, stuff. I was playing last Kimmel's time. Kimmel's I apology mean, was, was also a non-apology apology where he, he talked more about like himself and what he thought was doing was okay. And it, it was a lot of defense when it should have just been a lot of like, yeah, you're right. Like it was in fact a racist thing and I should not have done it. And that's like, an easy one too. That's not like a sexual assault. That's, that's literally, that's literally like I've learned, Oh my God, I've learned so much as a person and gone my entire life the, since that moment to, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, you're correct about the 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 racism apology and the uh, rapist apology are two very different yeah, things. Absolutely. And the Joey Ryan thing was bullshit. I mean, Joey Ryan is bullshit. bullshit. He got it wrong on all I mean, levels. The apology, right? the apology is, can I can I paraphrase what the apology was as someone who knew this yeah, guy? Please. In real life? Yes, yeah, yeah. The apology was basically this. All right, look, everyone. I spoke to my lawyers. They told me not to say anything. So I'm going to say about four pages worth of things. <laughs> what I'm going to say is this. Guys, I did the dick flip and I got famous and like people wanted to touch my dick because I'm a rock and roller. And then I realized like, oh, that's fucked up. And so I've been in therapy and I got divorced. So it's all good now. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what his apology was. Literally. Which, yeah, which didn't Oh, address... he got so famous from the dick flip that it made yeah. him a rapist. And also, it made him a real also, asshole. Also, like, most of these allegations are five, six years before the fucking dick flip. Like, if this was a thing, like, where me, the least connected person in the wrestling industry, knew that this was an open secret, like, that, uh, Ryan Nemeth, Ryan Nemeth was posting about this being like, like a year ago, being like, oh, you, you hold yourself up as like the, uh, the, the the savior of intergender wrestling when you're a predator when it's like very obvious who he's talking about like Kushner I'll help you out right now now knowing multiple rapists other than Joey Ryan and Max Landis I will walk you through this right now so yeah, I, I I know what he's going to say and he's correct 
there's such a thing as victims' rights, right? So even if Ryan Nemeth or whoever you think or whoever's been vocal about it, a Ryan never said Joey's name once, and yes, he wasn't he wasn't hiding it. It was heavily implied. But listen, Ryan Nemeth is not a woman who got abused by Joey Ryan. Therefore, it is not a his right nor his position yep. to it's out his place. not to out a rapist. Nor is it Dave Meltzer or Brian fucking Alvarez. It's, it's no just one's place. It's no one's place but just, those women. Just, the question was is why, and the answer to the question is because the women weren't ready. And it, and and and, mm-hmm. and Matt brings up it's Landis. Like outing, Matt, it's like outing a gay person when oh, they're not ready. Matt, yeah. Matt brings up Landis right, right, because right, right. He, because Cohen has firsthand experience with people who were uncomfortable to come forward for a very long time and then got brave enough and had the strength to come forward and talk about what happened to them. Right. And like it had to be on their time. Now, now what men can yeah, do? What can we do as allies? Is, yeah. What men can do is men Yeah, is what people were doing, but more importantly than the public, like Twitter stuff. What normal men who don't have like a Twitter platform yep. can do is you can talk to other men, yep. like, th- and you can talk to other women that hey, I know this person is dangerous. You don't have to tell anyone's story. You could just say like, believe me, if you if a man turns to a woman and says, hey, my buddy. I've heard bad things and he's a little bit not okay with women. So like, just be warned. Like there's no woman that won't believe you. They will take you dead serious. And Dave, you you nailed it too. Guess what? So obviously they did, obviously the right people were told because he didn't get a job anywhere. Right. Yeah, that's true. That didn't need to lead to a dirt sheet saying he was a rapist. Yeah. Like that's yeah, not the ultimate outcome here. It, so like no, the ultimate outcome is to protect the people that need the most protection. So and it's the same was, with, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be and, honest, and, too, and that's something. Why, and here's yeah. what happened with me and Max Landis and, and, and me with other people. I look, it is the same. And I will, I will forever be wary of this line for the rest of my life and always have been, but the excuse of the, it's just Max. It's just Joey. It's just blank line. Yeah. Of where people justify behavior based on per- personality quirk, quirk, quirk personality right? quirk. Yeah. So like, I didn't know that either of these guys had ever sex actually sexually abused a woman. I knew they were like creepy, and like everyone knew Joey was creepy. It was his fucking gimmick, right? Like, right. But like, right. no one. I didn't know any of this stuff. So like, this information came out when it came out, and that's how it works. The wishing it comes yeah. out sooner thing. Or, or saying that people were complicit for wrestling him or, the, or being friends with him. That's all bullshit, and that's a lot of, like, internet activism where those people don't know, A, how the law works, or B, how... How people like, or be or be yeah. like how people work and like and like yeah I think specifically with this kind of stuff it comes back to like there is no real story until someone is willing someone who it happened to is willing to come forward so it's all conjecture and what what we can do as positive allies is use that conjecture in a positive way and tell the right people. So if you look, it, right? if you like, look at nuclear, heat, nuclear heat is a wrestling federation that runs in LA. Yeah. It hasn't in a little bit, but it's very female centric and it, they donate a lot to charity. If you look on their Twitter account, someone asked them, Hey, is this the reason Joey Ryan never wrestled at nuclear heat? And they said, yes, absolutely. Also, as soon as we found out about any allegations, we contacted the bootleg theater and told them about Joey and not to run bar wrestling. And someone yeah. said, "Did they reply?" And they said, "We had never heard any reply." Jeez, so that's yeah. exactly what you can do. You can fuck yeah, the bootleg like theater, right? Well, that's what yeah. you can do. Is you can out like you can continue the chain of the being like Look, Tony Khan yeah. absolutely knew about Joey Ryan. If you watch that first press conference, one of the questions from the all absolutely what is it? 
from that scrum is someone says, "Hey, Joey Ryan was in All In, and he's on. He was on an episode. Of, he's on a BTE. He's friends with these guys. Have you thought about Joey?" And Tony Khan goes, "Ah, look, man." He's like, "I like Joey." He's like, "I don't know. There's only so many slots." Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm you know, a couple, couple things. Wait, <laughs> you know what? Sean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, Ethan. Yeah. Sean go ahead. mentioned something that's really important, and I think it kind of gets to your question a bit, Dave. And so, as you guys know, I'm a big advocate for ending the stigma over mental illness, okay, yeah. and different types of stigmas. And one of the stigmas that I have been trying to end- I'm a big sufferer of mental illnesses. We would get along. <laughs> for sure. Totally. So there, so in the legal profession, there's a bunch of different stigmas that we've been tackling for mental illness. But one of the stigmas that we wanted to tackle was the unequal treatment of women in the workplace, meaning that women aren't getting equal pay for equal work or an equal advancement. And that causes mental health issues. And that causes anxiety, depression. And we wanted to highlight a female lawyer who was brave enough to come speak up and start the discussion. And after six months of trying to solicit a strong, independent woman to do so, no one would want to stand up. And so we had a committee, a private meeting. And we're like, well, what's the deal here? Why? And the women in the room would say, Ethan, we so very much appreciate what you're trying to do. And this needs to end, but no one wants to be the example because they know if they come out and say something, they're going to experience the consequences because the law is a pale, male, stale industry. Our country, despite how fast we have grown, is a pale, male, stale country. And the wrestling industry is a pale, male, stale country. Other than the federations that you mentioned, everything is run by rich, white, old males. And the culture in wrestling had allowed this type of behavior happened for so long. So Dave, when you say, why aren't the dirt sheets coming out and saying something? Because we allowed this culture to exist for so long where this type of behavior, while wrong, was okay within the culture. Also, look what ha- yeah, look what happened to Christine Ford or look what happened to fucking Anita Hill or look what happened to any of the women who have ever high profile outed anyone. It never benefits a woman. Right. Well, in the mind. words of yeah. one of our heroes that we had an episode over a few weeks ago, enough is enough and it's time for a change. And what's happening now is <laughs> it's time for a change. It's time for a change in this culture. And finally, we are having women brave enough to speak up and say, this isn't okay. We have men standing behind them saying, you're right, this isn't okay. And then we have people in leadership who are suspending, firing, and doing something about it. And this is the shot across the bow to say, this shit ain't okay. It was never okay. It it is never everyone. It is not everyone. Wrestling isn't canceled. All wrestlers aren't rapists. Owen Hart seemed, by all accounts, was one of the nicest, best guys that ever existed in the history of the world. Best ever. Kofi Kingston is the nicest human being I have ever known, ever by far. Big, and I'm e, like, Big E, do you follow him? He's amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, like, <sighs> I, I could name a thousand wrestlers that I love as people and I think are amazing fucking people. But there are always going to be shitbags everywhere. Not every, yeah. not every screen, like, not all of Hollywood is yes. fucking pedophile. Well, and, you know what I mean? And the important, but the important thing. Uh, the important thing that's happening now and should continue to happen is that Dave made a joke earlier in the week to us, uh, to Ethan and I about like becoming the, the, the woke wrestling podcast. And I think that like a social justice that, podcast, but yeah, yeah you already, yeah, you already yeah, lost yeah. out to Wade Keller, man. That guy's like a vegan. <laughs> Seriously. I'm being honest. Wade Keller is incredibly woke. If you listen to his show. Yeah, but we're way cooler. I think the key though, is that 
we have to, I think we, in order to continue with this progress forward, I think we have to stop thinking about it as like social justice and just thinking about it as like, this is just what the conversation has to be in order for us to make change. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is just has to be normal. Like, in, in on every, order, front, right, on every, on every, on every front. front, I was in so happy with to, the fans' reaction to the Saudi Arabia stuff. I'm so happy that there is a vocal out outcry against the fucking blood money shit. Yes, you know what I mean. In order, yes, because in order to affect, with the only effective thing in these cases is when the the actual people unite behind an idea and 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 refuse to change the conversation and like. That's the thing. Like we need like a union of good people, which is ironic because David Starr was a really bad person. No, but like, need- the point is, it's like <laughs> this is the normal. We're not being social justice warriors. We're not being PC. This is like this is the normal. Is like no, if you don't fucking respect people, if you're not anti-racist, if you're not anti-sexism, we you Dave, you hit the nail on the head. This. Uh, this industry, everyone from us who's insignificant in the industry to the John Cena's need to be able to demonstrate that this type of behavior is not going to be tolerated anymore. When you have the leaders speak up and the locker room supporting the women, supporting minorities, supporting everyone, that's going to shun those people and show that this, this isn't just welcome in our culture anymore. And so if anything, yeah. none of this stuff is acceptable, but – we would not have gotten to this moment in the wrestling history, but for women speaking up, but yeah. for the speak out movement, but for all this. Yep. So thank you to all the yep. women out there. Thank you to the, the yeah. wrestlers who are the good ones that Matt was saying. All right. Because because now things are ready to change and, and we're going to hold them accountable right here on the Wrestling With Friends podcast. Yep. Yeah, we're not going to yep. tolerate that shit. So before we wrap up, I just want to I just want to uh, mention the words of the future, not just of the wrestling business, but also the future in general. Simone Johnson, Johnson, the Rock's daughter, but she's going to be Simone Johnson like from now on. Oh, that's a good note to end on. Yeah, she tweeted sweet. the other day, and if you don't follow her, she's like an amazing young woman. You should follow her. Um, she tweeted the other day. Don't make rape jokes. Don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Don't be transphobic. Don't be horrible. Mind your business. Be kind to people. Wear a mask and wash your hands. And remember, wrestling should be a space, a safe space for everyone. Yep. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, thank you, Matt Cohen, for joining us yeah. uh, today. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, uh, do you? Uh, no. What are you doing? Nothing. Can people find you anywhere? <laughs> I'm a ghost. Goodbye, <laughs> uh, uh, Ethan. Uh, where can people uh, yell at the podcast? If you can't, if you can't get enough of wrestling with friends, neither can we. Find us on Instagram by searching with wrestling with friends and soon to be on YouTube as well. Follow along and subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about this recent movement. You do all of that stuff. And also don't forget that we are now on uh, Spotify and iTunes and all of the places. Apple so Podcasts. They, they, Apple hate, podcasts they hate when you say everywhere. iTunes. Everywhere. Apple, oh yeah, they hate it. Well, I mean, if they're listening, I apologize, but they're not. So uh, listen, Listen, get on there and like and subscribe and do all the things that people are supposed to do, I guess, to podcasts. That would be sweet. Dave, where can we find you? Well, on Instagram, me, 
drunk and sleep in his house. <laughs> I'm drunk and awake, baby. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Dave, sing the song so we can f- get out of here. Yeah, we're wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> who we wrestling with? I said, who we wrestling with? This podcast is a Mobius strip nightmare and I love it.